a woman called Susan was attending a dog training workshop and the instructor was telling the group that uh, a dog's disposition can be tested. He said, you know, if the owner will fall down and pretend to be hurt, a dog that is not reliable will growl and even may try to bite the owner. But a good dog will show concern and may even come to you and try to lick your face and show concern for you. So Susan went home and decided she would try this test on her dogs. So while eating pizza in her living room, um, her two pups were looking intently at her, and she suddenly you know, clutched her heart, screamed, and fell to the floor. And the puppies looked at, looked at her, looked at each other, and then raced to the coffee table for her pizza. You know, it happens with animals. It also happens with us humans that you don't know how they are until those tests come. At times you need a certain moment of trial or testing, and then you can see what kind of dispositions they have. And I think that's a sort of answer to why God allows the disciples to undergo so many tests. You might think, well, if Jesus could manage that storm, if he could hold Peter in every situation, why didn't he just prevent him from going through those challenges? Why didn't he make it easy for them? Well, precisely because there's something to be learned by not having it always easy. There's something that you realize about yourself. There's an opportunity then to grow when you realize, no, I'm not as strong as I thought I was, or I'm not as loving as I thought I was. So many times God will allow people to undergo different tests, different challenges, so that we can grow and we can become stronger and we can you know, grow in our love and humility and so on. And we see that, that kind of testing in both readings, the first reading and, and the gospel today. Let's start with the first one. The prophet Elijah, I'm going to give you a bit of background to what we heard today. The prophet Elijah was one of the great prophets in Israel. And he lived in a very difficult time, a very testing time. Uh, the time of Queen, Queen Jezebel and King Ahab who were among the bloodiest, cruelest rulers that Israel ever had. And they had imposed the religion of other pagan nations on Israel, especially Queen Jezebel. She wanted to, the worship of Baal to be kind of the worship of the land. And they had managed to basically eliminate all the prophets except Elijah. And so you might remember that Elijah, because he was the only one left, he challenged all the other prophets of Baal to a sort of duel on Mount Carmel. And so they, he said, why don't you set up a sacrifice and I will set up my sacrifice and we'll invoke the name of our gods. And the one that responds with fire, that is the Lord. And so they did. And they cried and screamed for Baal to respond. Nothing happened. Then Elijah called to, for the God of Israel and the fire came down and consumed it. And it was a spectacular victory. People believed, returned in some way to, to God. But it was a very short-lived victory. As soon as Queen Jezebel found out, she swore to have Elijah killed, and Elijah learned about this, and so he ran away. And you know, after many hours of walking in that solitary road, he became very despondent and depressed. He sat under a tree and began to pray, God, take my life, because it's useless. I've tried all sorts of things, 
and it's like your people have abandoned you. And God said to Elijah, keep walking, Elijah. He kept walking for many days and came to the mountain of God, to Horeb. And that's where the gospel, the, the reading we heard today takes place. The Lord says to Elijah, I will be passing by, so be attentive. And there's a strong wind going through, but God was not in the wind. An earthquake, and God was not in the earthquake. A fire, God was not in the fire. And finally, this tiny whispering sound. And Elijah recognizes the presence of God. Now, what, what does it mean? Does it, does it mean that God is the weakest of all these different forces of, in the world? I would say it's the opposite, precisely that, that God's way of acting is more powerful because it's less spectacular. It's more powerful because it's less spectacular. The key comes in what happens right after that. He's, God says to Elijah, go back. You go back to Israel. And I have reserved for myself 7,000 people who have not worshipped idols. And you will anoint this man as the king, king of Israel, this other one as the leader of the army. Well, he, God gives him a whole plan of action. The most important thing is he says, I have reserved these thousands of people that have not worshipped Baal. In other words, God, the most important work is that God has been preserving a lot of people by the action of the Holy Spirit in their hearts, steadying their hearts in fidelity to the God of Israel so that they would not give in to the pressure of idolatry all around them. That's the tiny whispering sound. It's a voice that the world cannot discern, but it's there. It transforms entire nations, communities, families, peoples. It does not make the news, but it's, it's the hidden action of God that is at the foundation of every reform, any improvement. God will count on the external leadership of Elijah. He will send him back to act and decide and be, be strong. But no reform can be attained without that hidden, soft, if you want, that invisible action of the Spirit in the souls of thousands of people. That's a lesson that Elijah had to learn, and I think maybe we have to learn as well, that God is at work, that he's working in our midst. When you think that not much is going on right now with all this pandemic, and yet God is working with great power, not in a spectacular way maybe, but in very subtle ways with great, great you know, impact. I know throughout this time I wondered myself, uh, what the Lord might be wanting to teach us. I, as Father Ivan and I have been saying throughout these Masses, I tend to complain like Elijah, Lord, what are you doing? Why all this situation? We cannot gather. Everything we do is so difficult to accomplish. It's like nobody has a sort of energy to do things, apparently. But, you know, I'm reminded of something that C.S. Lewis said, said in line with this, that God doesn't care so much about our actions meaning the outcome and how much we can do externally, but about the kind of persons we become through our actions, the kind of people we, we turn into. He wants to turn us from rebels into children of the Father. That's what ultimately matters. You know, and maybe part of the test right now is this, that God is sending us back to work on the 101, on the basic virtues, humility and love and care for one another. 
kind of relearn the basic habits that we need to, to always focus on. He's giving us a break from many distractions. You know, God is not less, less provident right now. He is walking on the waters. And maybe in this time, he's giving us things that we would not be open to receiving in a time of prosperity, in a time when everything is fine. Now we may, he may find us more open, more receptive. You know, as, as Father Ivan shared last week, um, I've been impressed at the things that have been happening. Apparently, this year should be the, you know, the sort of dry spell where nothing is going on. And yet, is the year we have had most vocations ever in the St. John Society and the Society of Mary. Um, we have had 19 young men and women commit to a full-time volunteer missionary year. Three of them just came last week. They're here in this Mass now. Um, Casey Collins, who was a volunteer last year, and she, you, would, you heard her singing usually at Mass here, she decided to enter the Society of Mary to enter religious life. And throughout these weeks, I have been receiving so many emails telling me of conversions, ministry in the most difficult environments, people growing in faith, uh, physical healings. A lady who couldn't have any children suddenly told me about this miracle she had, having a, her second child. Apparently, doctors told her it was impossible. Uh, miracles of emotional healing. Impressive. And I can tell you, God is at work. We may not f see it visibly right away. We may not feel it all the time. But the Lord is working. He's renewing his church. He's renewing his people. And he invites us to trust in what he's doing. So let me turn to the gospel to conclude on a practical, more practical note, if you want. Um, the first one, the first practical takeaway is this one is what is that inner transformation that God wants to accomplish in you? He is working quietly, discreetly in your soul. He's bringing you to this test. He is strengthening you. He's working in your heart. But he also wants you to cooperate with that. He wants it in a way to bring the, the five loaves and the two fish, even though it seems little things to feed a lot of people. But he wants you to make your contribution he wants you to row. Even though he, he's not going to rebuke you for not having reached the other shore, he's watching your heart. He's saying, where, where is your heart? Are you trusting me? Are you caring for what my Father wants for you? So again, what is that inner transformation that the Lord wants to achieve or accomplish in me throughout this time? And how does he want me to cooperate with that? The second takeaway is be bold and creative. This time of pandemic requires us to find new ways to express faith, to express love, to help those in need. Because people who have faith and love are always trying new things. Look at what Peter did. Lord, ask me to come on the waters. When did we see that? That's a very strange request, isn't it? And Jesus doesn't say, no, Peter, that's too much. Just stay in the boat. He says, come. So maybe the Lord wants us to be creative. Not to do some imprudent things that would put us in a sort of crazy risk, but to try new ways to love others, to care for our families, maybe to be more open with those around me, with my family, my neighbors, to be more attentive to those who are in need, going out of my way to help someone, and so on. And finally, 
practical takeaway for this time is to stay active, to fight laziness, because I think this pandemic can easily lead us into just sitting on the couch and watching something on Netflix, you know. Jesus seemed to keep everybody so active. He says, go have people sit down. Go and distribute the food. Okay, collect all that is left over. Go and cross the lake. Keep rowing. Nobody seemed to be able to stay quiet when Jesus was around, right? And so he wants us to stay active because idleness brings in a lot of bad stuff. So we need to stay engaged, right? Just something to share. This week we receive our free uh, volunteer missionaries for here for American University, and we've been doing this training all week long, and it's been intense, some prayer, life together, finances, apostolate, how to lead a Bible study, how to work on, you know, the, web, the website and platforms. It's been intense, but I, I can tell you what a great fruit comes from that. And imagine the opposite. Imagine you would come, they would come to this ear in the sea, and they would find there's nothing to do all this open time it'd be so sad right uh, and not because of the coronavirus it would be because we would be so passive we would be to blame uh, for our laziness in that case so maybe the Lord is saying you know you need to do the same you need to stay active maybe by organizing a schedule planning what other things are going to do on my weekend how can I help people around me how can I reach out to others what can I read is there some craft that I can start or, or reignite in my life? When can I pray more deeply? Use your time wisely. And so the Lord will work in our hearts, in our lives that way. May we pray. Lord Jesus, lead us to make good use of the tests that we go through that we may come out of them grown, strengthened, refashioned in your image. Lead us, Lord, to discern your hidden action, because you're not away from us. We believe, I believe that, Lord. You know each one of us here and what we need. So come and walk with us and call us to step out of our safety and walk on the waters, to walk in faith, to walk in true charity, to be docile to your Holy Spirit. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.